people of Earth, if you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, did it again stop that i think it's a skype thing it's the fanboy planet podcast and here is your host Derek mccaw thank you this is Derek mccaw editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com and we are podcasting on the i believe 17th wait i should double check that no the 18th the 18th. the 18th of september you know why this day is crucial 18th of september because tomorrow is national talk like a pirate day Yay. Yay. Arr. So here we, yeah, exactly. So here we are at uh, Seven Stars Bar and Grill. You know, before we get too far from the reference, you know, you, we've gone on about you being Mango Habanero, right? And I'm Ghost Pepper Mead. First of all, it's not Habanero, it's just Habanero. It's habanero. pronounced very Caucasian. Okay. <laughs> I, I think it's so precious you Nate, try to be. Nate should be L.A. Theremin. No, no, no. He gets, we got to create it. You can't, it it's organic. You it's can't organic. Just, you can't. You can't. No, you give nicknames. No, right? no, no. It was, it was not the way, way these came. It was the way no. his voice was going. Yeah, I know, beginning. but it's up to him to decide. Okay. I got one. All right. Restroom podcaster. No. Are you in the restroom right now? No. You go in the bathroom. Because <laughs> if you are, I'm horrified. You go in the bathroom for quiet. Anyway, back here. We are at Seven Stars Bar and Grill. Uh, 398B. Uh, three eight three nine eight A. We're in B because that's the sec- far side of the room where we get to podcast from. Thanks to Paul Cunha for opening up yet again to us here at his fantastic restaurant, um, where it's actually ladies' night. Apparently, it's the ratio is two to one. Up. I know it's pretty. We, awesome. we just lost one, so it's seven to four. It must have been something you said. I said, "Come on in." No, well, <laughs> that worked once. That'll and, do it. And Debbie's never left, <laughs> and that's it. So, yeah, this is Derek McCoy, editor-in-chief. Went over that. Of course, our man in L.A., man in Los I Angeles. Casa. Yes. And uh, we first I will say, my podcast producer and moral compass. Rick Brett Snyder. Yes, and we do have an audience member tonight. We're very excited. And so we, we're going to you know, call him up for, for certain games and so forth. Uh, Brian K. Shimada, who has actually won at least one Fanboy Planet contest. he's won about 40 different ones. No, 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 no. no. He actually won the Halo um, Mega Block set last Christmas. That's true. That was a a tasty little gift. That was. Why didn't... Why didn't we keep that? People, because I have a conscience. Oh. Which my life would go so much easier if I didn't. Yes. Uh, But there it is. Um, So we've got some comics news. We've got some movie news. We've got television news that means that um, Nate will be glued to his television, I guarantee, at least one more hour a week next summer. We get any letters? <laughs> no, but we, no, but we do have a question up front. Maybe which, Brian can generate a letter uh, spontaneously. A uh, we do have a question that you generated uh, on Facebook. Yes. Um, I think I know the TV news you were talking okay, about. Okay, good. Well, we'll you know, <laughs> He's act Googling surprised. I know. <laughs> He's going, what, what do I care TV about? TV news that will upset me. <laughs> <laughs> Hit. 
It's, I he, feel lucky. Yes, he, he's got a Google Watch <laughs> on that. Um, is that uh, and because we're all we're all gentlemen who like our mail order stuff. Indeed, indeed. And I'm not talking about brides from Russia. I'm no. talking about, of course, books and DVDs and toys and Gadgets, all that. Gadgets, electronics. Yes, uh, my poor socks. Son, my poor son doesn't even know he was with me last Shaving weekend. Green. And all the time there was this big box from Amazon. Full of Christmas presents for him. Wow. And I'm pacing my purchases. And uh, my birthday, two of the presents I got were in Amazon boxes that were then wrapped. (laughs) So they've been opened up. Oh, okay. And then to verify what it was. And then they were just closed up again and wrapped. Well, I do think think that is a reasonable thing. Was that from Justin? Uh, No, they were from Debbie and from my uh, mother-in-law. Oh, okay. Oh, see, Brian, he's not officially broadcasting, so he gets no, to No, he's having a, he's having a healthy dinner. He gets to get f- food. That's a that's a dinner that's been staked down by I a, should do a sharp this. knife into the plate. <laughs> Which just shows how fantastically fresh and magnificent the food is. Look, it's running away. There should be a vampire burger. Don't don't besmirch the food here. We like I it here. I love the food here. Oh my god. Anyway, so uh it's so fresh it runs away. Oh, that's not, you know. No. That's only good if we were at a vegan. No, it wouldn't be a vegan restaurant. We're at a Star Wars restaurant. That's fresh bantha meat right there. And, uh, bantha patty. Anyway, your question, you, you said there's got to be a word for, and you'd think that the Germans have a word for this, yeah, but, apparently, exactly where I was going. but I apparently Rick Brettschneider does not know I the don't w- have German, a German word, word for, for it, which is that, how did you put it, the curious feeling of disappointment? The feeling of disappointment as you watch the FedEx truck drive right by your house and not stop. Right. So you don't. So you don't get. So we're going to throw this out to our to our listeners. I almost said christeners without Chris Garcia here. No, stop me. I'm going to listen. I'm going to throw this out to the fandroids and say, um, this is remember Sniglets back in the '80s, yes. Rich Hall's thing. I mean, this is a Sniglet here. What is this 2013? Especially as like even Amazon is like you know amping up their local deliveries. Supposed to they're trying to get up. Their same day fulfillment, so and it, I, I think you get extra points if it's a German, a single German word that you've assembled in German that that a German would recognize. The, there we go. The breakdown I, of it, it doesn't. So but be, I, I, but I want to say it doesn't have to be German. It doesn't it's have just to be German. The Germans but, always have a word for this sort of disappointment. Right, exactly. It's it's like the uh, what's the one uh, Schadenfreude. Uh, Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. <laughs> Freudenschlag. How much wine have you had? <laughs> this is about a half a glass so far. Freudenstock and Schluber Grubel. Uh, <laughs> hey, I don't take I don't take joy in the uh, disappointment of others, so I don't use it a lot. You so lie. <laughs> anyway, if you want to write it, it can be in German. It can be whatever. We need the word for what is that because I know you posted that. And I was like. I do know that feeling. It's like a, it's a, a very s- distinct feeling. Like I'm home from work early and I'm driving down the street and the FedEx truck passes me and I'm like, did they stop in front of my house? Exactly. Is there something? And there, by the way, before we leave tonight, there is something in uh, my car for you that, oh, was, really? that was delivered to a former address. We'll talk. Um, just to make sure that doesn't happen again. Uh, you can get things delivered. But to you so oh, cool. um, so i will uh i got one too the delivered two but one you know so anyway uh the mystery is uh i know i seeping this is what's keeping you awake through this because yes. you're drinking a lot of wine and i want you to you know feel like that's i've suspense. had about an ounce and a half so far well that's because i keep interrupting you otherwise you would just be pounding that no you've got electronic equipment you're good so let's talk comics of course, you have the stack. I have my week. stack, so we can I'd use like that. to talk a little news up front. I want to follow up on the Batwoman thing, and I want Sounds to say, good. say that um, 
We did fail to mention, I think, last week, you know, in all the controversy over Batwoman and J.H. Williams being asked to leave early, not getting able to finish his arc, I, I wanted to reiterate that he was being replaced by Mark Andreco, uh, a very good writer who created Manhunter, the Kate um, Collins, I think was her last name. Right, uh, right, the, right. That Manhunter right. was a really cool series. Um, he co-wrote Torso with uh, Brian Michael Bendis, really great graphic novel, which is on a, about a fifth attempt to make it into a film, which it should be made into a film. He's a really good writer and uh, and also openly gay. So, I mean, not that that necessarily was should that make that a series issue. I missed? That he is also openly no, gay. No, I thought you said it. And he also wrote no, openly no, gay. He, no, he is also an openly I gay see. creator in... And so, you know, DC was trying to make it right somehow that, you know... Uh, um, and I've had many com- just casual conversations at Comic Cons with him. Really great guy. So I don't think that protesting Batwoman, like, by going, oh, and Draco's on and leaving it, she's in good hands, which even J.H. Williams is admitting. You know, he's uh-huh. a good writer. I don't know that he'll be left to his own She's devices. not going to get the, the, the gay cure or anything. No, there's no, no there's no doubt there. Um, you know, I'm still I'm still irked about that whole no hero would be married thing. Yeah, and I thought even you know I thought about it a lot this weekend. Every time I just said, every time I you had just, an argument with your wife, it's just like <laughs> stupid. It's just so stupid. You're right. What marriage has no conflict? Um, I, I mean, you know, even if Aquaman and Mira are married, the big conflict of she's from a species that was sent to kill Aquaman. Yeah, that's a big conflict. Yeah. Well, uh, they also, I mean. Scott Free and Big Barter were married, weren't they, in the original series? Yes, but they don't exist anymore. Yes, they do. Well, I mean, they haven't really, truly. Did they get reintroduced? Officially yes, they yet? did. They're, I think they're in Earth Two. Not yet. They're not. I've been. On a, I'm a couple of issues behind. I on, think on they're on in Earth, Earth Two. I remember seeing. I remember seeing. They're pushing a lot of a lot of, of the, the of the of new the gods over new there. New gods is yeah. in there. Yeah. Even though Darkseid, of course, attacked here. Yeah. Uh, and Dasad is on no, Earth 1. No, def- they definitely showed up in some book because okay. she was dismissive of him but was approving of the stuff he had put into his costume to give him more powers. Well, let us open that up to listeners who are up to date in the darker recesses of the New 52. Yeah. Um, you may notice that Rick and I are slowly winnowing away our interest in that in, in that universe. That's a shame. But if you are listening, tell us where where they because hey, I don't it's, think it's, I don't think there's an agreement, and that's the problem too. Like in Wonder Woman, Orion showed up, and High Father High Father showed up. Yeah, and it's a very different version. Yes, than what's going on in Earth Two, than what was going on in Justice League. Yes, and so I think there's disagreement, and I think the, their agreement is for, and I'm all for this because Wonder Woman has been a really great book. That Brian Azzarello is being left to his own devices to tell his story. And then my question is, why if Brian Azzarello is being left to his own device to tell a story, why couldn't J.H. Williams, why couldn't even, I may throw up my mouth saying this, why couldn't even Rob Liefeld? I mean, if that works and Wonder Woman has been very successful for them, yeah. why can't you trust other creators? I have, not exactly on this sub, same subject, but I have a Zorlak question for you. All right. So, critical in the Forever Evil series, yes, is, is evil is this set of people from another dimension who are analogs for Superman? I Wonder think by now Flash. we can spoiler and say Crime Syndicate. Yeah. So Earth Three is that? It was that established in the pre fifty two because I know the the. Yes, the Ultraman, and I guess I was talking to Justin about this today, and he said they had shown up on on the cartoon series. 
They did, as and they the also movie. and there's a movie. There's yeah. a movie. Um, Crisis on on Two Earths. So, are we looking at a reworking of that storyline yet again? Okay, okay. So, so yes. this is another go back to the well. For Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison had done in. Um, I want to say so. It was um, well, and in- when Countdown Countdown happened. Yeah, they were in Countdown, and that's where it had been. Where it was first fully established that Thomas Wayne. Uh, there was the brother. It was Bruce Wayne's brain damaged brother. Right, right, right. Not right. the father. Right. Okay. As Batman, and so he was up against Commissioner Gordon all the time. Um, and the Joker was a good guy. Mm-hmm. So um, they had established that in, in in that. That was in whatever iteration that was. Previously, Grant Morrison had written the graphic novel with Frank Quitely, JLA Earth Two, that was supposed to have been the first post crisis appearance of. The crime syndicate in Crisis on Infinite Earths, they all very specifically actually did die fighting against the Red Wave. Okay, and now in the in the movie, Luther is the is a hero because that's where Alexander Luther comes from, right? And Luther is the hero in in the movie Crisis on Two Earths. And so in the what's the video game uh, Injustice? In, Injustice. Starts it, off with Luther coming from another dimension. It's a different version of Luther. It's not. It's not the. Crime but are they syndicate. just telling the same damn story over and over? You're again? You're just noticing that now. Well, this one seems like be <laughs> especially repetitive. Everybody wants their own spin on it. No, but the, but the thing with um, with injustice being a video game set in the world, you know, meant to be set in right a Mortal Combat feel. Yes. They are not the crime syndicate because if you've played Injustice, I don't think you have, right? I've only played for about a half an okay. hour. So one of the things that happens in there is that Luther has realized, I mean, which actually makes more sense. See, in the crime syndicate world, Earth 3, right, good and evil are reversed. So okay. Luther really had no choice. There's like these, and that's something more Grant Morrison set up, but there's these immutable laws of the way things work. We allegedly live in a world where good is supposed to triumph over evil, uh-huh. but they live on a world where evil, evil is triumph to. over good. That's not what happened in Injustice. In Injustice, Luther realizes, as really the Luther of this of the regular reality is supposed to feel like, if there wasn't Superman, he'd be the hero. Uh-huh. So it's very clear in Injustice when you play, there's the depth that Luther chose to pretend to be Superman's friend and is, ag- and is against the evil Superman for reasons of glory. He's not as... He is still self-serving, but it's a li- he, he comes off a little more noble, a little more conflicted. Right. And the other heroes, were other than Batman, were sort of like, yeah, the ones that didn't... that stood against him, like Green Arrow's dead because Superman said, okay, if you're not going to join my New World Order, you're dead... The Flash and, and Hal Jordan, Barry Allen and Hal Jordan got into it. Billy Batson is young and therefore manipulable. Yeah, right. you know, and, and then, but in, if you get about halfway through the game, the Flash starts feeling guilty about it oh. when he's faced with his old, uh, you know, with, a, with an alternate dimension version of himself who has never made this choice and realizing there's still something bright and shiny and that's not what he's serving. So throughout that, when you get to play and uh, you know, when you play all the way through, there are there are these fates. And when you play the, just the battle modes, you know, yeah. back and forth, if you win as the Flash, that's one of the things is how guilty he is, and he essentially becomes the version of the Flash that's in Kingdom Come. Everybody just knows there's this red blur, 
that that does good, but he never stops to be thanked. He never lets his personality be known anymore. So they have they have fates depending on who wins. It's the game is a different thing. I don't know. I can't speak okay. of the comic book, but the game is a different thing. But yes, they are, and I've noticed this. And this is the and thing. they're plotting. Well, it is a comic book because they are well, yeah, plotting yeah. it as a digital to paper. Right, but I'm not. Book. I'm not reading that. I, but I, I, I treat the game as something separate. And so that was that was the Mortal Kombat and Jeff Johns contributing. But right now, Jeff Johns has probably told this variation of the crime syndicate like three or four times. And I understand that when when you're growing up and you're telling the stories to yourself, you know, like yeah. in your own imagination. If I had it, I would do this. And your the way you tell the story changes, you know, as you get older, and then a new right. idea strikes you. The problem is that in comics we've had the. I'm I'm sorry to say it, you know, it is that what we're seeing is this guy cycling through his revisions. So he revises the whole universe every time he has a better idea or a different idea that he thinks would be cooler. You know, and he's in the power to completely revise. And so that's, basically what you're saying is he needs parental guidance. I think we need to just give him a little rest for a while. Let him do creator own. I mean, seriously, I think he's a great writer. I do too. I mean, But, I, but, but, I'm just but what I'm seeing is we're, is we're seeing the cycle. And the, and what's the other thing is when you retell those stories – when comics were originally created, it's like Carr D'Angelo has said, like Fantastic Four, Stan and Jack, they meant for the Galactus saga to be it. Galactus comes to, you know, I mean, it's like they did Fantastic Four. Right. They didn't expect that this is going to last 500 issues. Right. They told their Galactus story, but every time a creative team comes on, they want to tell. Their they got to tell story. their Galactus story yeah. and their Silver Surfer and their what do you do with the Nihilus? And yeah, so, but those those I, I would argue that those are not the same stories over and over. No, no, again. no. But that's what I'm saying is because yeah. they're different creators. And yeah. what's happened? But if they were staying, if Mark hmm. Wade, as I much as I love Mark Wade's run on Fantastic Four, yeah. if Mark Wade were still writing Fantastic Four, he'd have found a way to come back to a new take on Galactus. You know, because he's still there. And because they know that that sells. And that's the thing is to a fan, there is nothing cooler in Star Trek than bearded Spock. So what is crime syndicate? But really, bearded Bearded Superman. And bearded Wonder Woman. I want you to sleep with that tonight. Uh, Um, So I'm fine with that. Praising. And especially what I liked about... Yeah, he's a beard. Um, (laughs) what, What I liked about Forever Evil, at least that first issue, is that now... You have a believable within the context of Lex Luthor's still an asshole. Yeah. But he's realizing that what's happening are bigger assholes. But he's are Earth's taking asshole. He's, yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's like John Amos in Die Hard 2. Well, I'm an asshole, but I'm your kind of asshole. Yeah. That was a reference for Lon Lopez. I hope he appreciated it. <laughs> so, so should we move on? You answered my question. Yeah. Um, and so and you can say the next Marvel thing, speaking of the cycles... And we have seen this before, is Infinity is moving towards, we've had this revelation that Thanos has a son right. on Earth who is an untriggered inhuman, that there's a secret city of inhumans that split off that we'd never seen before. And the implication towards the end of Infinity is that they're going to release the Terrigen Mist globally because if this city was gone long enough, hidden long enough, they've probably bred. There are probably inhumans. They've been releasing these little images that say, is he, are you, are they? And the next thing is going to be a series called Inhumanity. And so it's quite possible that they're going to do, and this was, I believe, oh, interesting. to go back to D.C., this is what happened in Invasion. They dropped the gene bomb, and, and like every two or three years, D.C. created this excuse for a whole new wave of heroes. Remember Blood Pack? Um, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I just want you to... 
well, shiver is, with fear. Uh, and in uh, to to Our, to say the Marvel's not too far away from from this uh, repetitiveness, though. That's that's kind of like the scrolls. Like, are they a scroll? Is it a scroll? Kind no, of, but what this will do is this create will a whole create bunch a bunch of, of new people. I, know, I understand. New heroes. You know Nate, Nate was do. trying to jump in. Yes, Nate. This will introduce Marvel Man. You think so? He is Thanos' son. That would be so wrong, but interesting. Why not? I don't. I, have to look I, I, don't I don't know. I think that would that would definitely screw with the whole Marvel. Well, man. but you know, it's like I said though. Who among those people reading comics now know what we're waiting for? Yeah. Except it, I think it it might make it harder for them to reprint the original Marvel Man stuff, and that's what I want. Well, I wouldn't mind them putting him into regular continuity, their version of it, as long as they finish as long as and they, reprint. Yes. I want a nice hardback. Yes, I, that's I what I want. I don't want an omnibus because I can't lift it. I, I, I don't want them to say, well, we've already changed them too much. I don't think we can put up those original books. Now, let's We own those now, so let's put them away in a vault. Oh, Forget the combination. You are giving me an aneurysm. I'm not. Uh, you are. Okay. Um, so uh, that's possible. So new heroes. We know that Avengers Arena is coming to a close, and there's going to be a new book involving the young heroes. Not Young Avengers, which I still love. It's a great, great series. And I, but I like Avengers Arena, and I like that it's a series. Marvel's, Are you caught up on that one? Almost. I think I'm, t- I think I'm two issues behind okay. on that. Because there were some revel- revelations. Yeah, I, I know that there have been, and so I'm trying desperately to catch up. But what I really, really appreciate about this, about, uh, about what happened with Avengers Arena, is I said, when that series started, there's no way it can last that long. It lasted longer than I thought. Yeah. But it's really a novel. It's truly a novel. <laughs> it's a novel called Battle Royale. <laughs> Which they're honest about. Yeah. Arcade says that in issue one. Oh, I know, I know. I read this Japanese no- <laughs> Japanese manga or saw this movie, and then this other American movie ripped it's it It's also a novel. I know, but it was the movie first. I think it was the novel first. I thought it was the movie first. I'll have to go back home it. and look at the novel see what they decided. But... Um, because, yeah, I don't think, because it was, it was really, yeah, the novel came came later as far as American publication, which doesn't mean doesn't that mean you're wrong, but, yeah. I, but, but I thought that they created it as original I'll go, I'll, movie I'll first and back. then adapted. I'll report back. Um, so uh, I think it was a novelization, but, you know, whatever. I think the, uh, I, go ahead. And, and an expansion. But the, the fact that Avengers Arena was honest about it right from the beginning and found a clever way to be honest sure, about sure, it. Sure, sure, sure. Because you know, what is it's only, a different story. There's only nine plots under the sun, right? You know, yeah. so it, it, and, and Hunger Games is that, and you know we know that. So be honest about it. Yep. And but I like that it's like okay, now it is reaching its natural conclusion, and it is finished. And now we're going to go to a new iteration. It's a new thing to do with with the young young heroes. So I, I'm more interested at at my age, where some sort of just in reading something where I know there's going to be closure. Yeah. And and. And then feel like that was a solid story, and I know what I can get out of it. And if I want to read the sequel series, okay. Are you thinking about like when you're on your deathbed and you're going, I don't know what happens to Thanos? You know, that just might happen within the next <laughs> month. I don't know. You know, who knows? Who can predict? Yeah. Um, I don't care what happens to Thanos. Okay. I care what happens to him in Guardians of the Galaxy, the movie, and I might care in Avengers 3. Okay. But uh, that's it. Or but if I'm on my deathbed and going... Are they ever gonna finish Ant Man? For God's sake, is that movie ever gonna be released? Yes, exactly. Uh, we'll see. 
The so, previews look so good. And uh, speaking, uh, you know, of, of just things of sad is, you know, George Perez, which I have now been told by Ross Ritchie, that's the way to say it. George Perez, the artist famous for Teen Titans, New Teen Titans, and Avengers, and just a kind of things, which he's doing a new book for Boom. Uh, because he does have adult onset diabetes, is, has lost sight in his left eye, and has re- and has released that he is having eyesight troubles. So um, I just want to put that out there for good vibes from the industry, from fans. Didn't I see a that- picture of Richard, Richard Starkings, too, with a patch in his eye? Or was he publishing a picture of... It might have been a picture of George Perez. I didn't. Oh. There have been. Richard has put so he many put updates. He put so much stuff up uh, on the. On yeah, the, I thought it was him. No, I think uh, it looks kind of. Like I mean, him. I saw a pic. Well, they both have the beard. Bearded, sometimes kinda. from the angle, Richard has uh, has oh, some okay. hair, but it's it's wispy. Okay, and so I've seen a lot of angles. Yeah, he had a he had a nice write up. They said uh, I didn't know whether I was going to keep this a secret or not, but I figured the word was going to get out anyway. Yeah, so and I better, that's and that's yeah. what George Perez said is he's got a convention coming up. Yeah. And we got the New York Comic Con uh, coming up very soon. We have, uh, we do have a person on the floor there. We'll see what we get back from it. Really, the uh, Deb. Um, oh damn! Yeah. Uh, Anybody who could have picked up a pre-order. No one will ever meet face to face. You know, or, or I, I should say, it's unlikely. I'm that trying we, to remember what it was. There was something. That was going oh no! To be- because of the the sh- agents of Shield. I was going to save that. Oh, to it the was the agents yes, of Shield thing. Yes. Yeah. So we'll talk about that. Yeah. So let's go through the stack, shall we? And Nate, you've got yours. I did not get a chance to get mine. So let's go through. What are the high points this week? Well, we got Arcane. Arcane number by, one in uh, in. Uh, is that still by Scott Snyder, or is that no? It's Soul. Uh, Charles Soul. It's going to be in the back. It's always hard to find. They don't put him in the front anymore. It's not on the cover. Who the creator? No, it's are? not. Not on any of these. Uh, oh, not really on any of the lenticular. Oh, that hell one looks like um, like uh, Euro Trash Lobo. It does, doesn't it? They're the same character. Now it all makes sense. I don't care. Oh, maybe they can combine into one character. Time. Hello, Bo. Hello. So I can't. Yeah, just Charles Soule is the writer, and, and he's taking yeah. Jesus uh, Sainz is the artist. I, you know, so. I gotta say, writing Swamp Thing. And Arcane, by default, there is got to be one of like like the most thankless jobs because anybody who had to follow Al- Alan Moore, you're judged against and that. And Bernie Wrightson. And then when you've done, no, I because I, I'm sorry to say, a generation's past that's not aware of Wrightson stu- stuff oh, on it. Poor people. Um, when I think Alan Moore, it's Veitch and Toddleman and all those, and everything's of the yeah. writer is Alan yeah. Moore. Yeah. They forget about Len Wein doing yeah, Swamp yeah. Thing. Okay? No, Len Wein and Bernie Wrightson. I know, I know they were. Um, but you know, you follow Alan Moore, and if you do it well, as uh, Scott's, uh, was it Scott? And, and I'm forgetting. So the last run on Swamp Thing, which kind of re- revisited it and put it back in the DC universe, was a pretty good run. And then you have to follow that. <laughs> go like, okay, we finally had a run that made people go, oh, okay, that wasn't crapping on the legacy of, of Alan yeah. Moore. And Josh Dysart had a really good run a while, uh, many years ago. Yes. Um, but everybody else, it's been, it's like I don't. Oh no! It's it's like it's like being the team the you know, the team that had to play. Uh, um, yeah, follow that. The Chicago Bulls in basketball. <laughs> it's yeah. like you really couldn't we just uh, Let's pay just you have off dinner, <laughs> take a bye, and admit we would exactly. probably lose. Exactly, it'd be this entertaining. So hell number one is uh, Superman twenty three point three. Yeah, yeah. So we got. I mean, some of these are up to. I think. Twenty three point three is the highest any of them gone so far. I think there'll be a point four on a couple on a Superman and a Batman book. Yeah, I expect that's gonna be true. Um, so kudos to DC for 
coming up with four legitimate enemies for Superman. Uh, I don't know if hell is. I, I, no, they're I forcing they him. I don't like were, Dial E. I really want to get that. E, uh, Each page by a different artist. Dial E coming in in Justice League, which is really kind of cool. Um, because this is a book that really hasn't crossed over to any other book. Dial H. Dial H did cross over to other books. To what? To what? Flash. Okay, it crossed it because in one issue he stole the Flash's powers, and in the Flash, that's true. Flash, Barry Allen lost all his powers and didn't know why, and then suddenly they came back. I'm not saying he wasn't in the universe, it was, but if for for somebody who has been so active and so many, you'd think that Batman or Superman would go investigate what's going on in this town with like stovepipe hat man. I mean, you know, that was Boy Chimney. I know. <laughs> um, no, because I loved that series. China yeah. Melville was fantastic. And the thing is, you're right. It was originally designed to be a Vertigo series. And yeah. then by stupid editorial, they said, no, bring it into the mainstream universe. And it's like, no, that really should have just been a fantastic. Because that's what Vertigo should be. A place where a, a writer can, fl- can explore. A bunch of little sandboxes. And I don't mind if it's even an idea from. Yeah. The mainstream DC universe. We're all sophisticated enough readers. Well, I mean, so many of them were originally ideas from the mainstream. Right, but it, DC I mean, universe. but we're sophisticated enough readers to say there can be a Constantine right. running around in the mainstream DC universe. That's not Hellraiser. I, agree. I totally agree. I totally and, agree. And that's a much more European comic thing where they they can have those separate but uh, connected things. But this, what I think this is interesting is that this is Dial E, but in Justice League instead of in Dial H. Because Dial H has been canceled. Has it been canceled? It's over. Okay. So they didn't want but to But I do dial. like the idea. But the, esta- but the establishment in Dial H is that there are several dials, all with different letters and different, yes. and different uh, functions. I think I'm two issues behind. So if there's, the a, if there's a Dial E coming into the mainstream universe, I'm fine with that. I like the idea of a villain who can dial up. And it, you know, now, but, the, but the reality is very few people, even when Dial H for Hero was sort of in the mainstream. Yeah. Nobody, Nobody it never it. crossed over. You know, no. Robbie Reed never did, even though Robbie Reed became Plastic Man twice and met Plastic Man. Yeah, but that was, it was kind of like one of those things. It was kind of like Green Team or any of the any of the one-shot things where they were just trying sure. to play in with the idea and they didn't. Well, because in the yeah. 60s, we didn't care about continuity. It was just we wanted the story. We wanted a story. We still want a story. <laughs> no, we want continuity, Rick. So That's what they keep telling us. So Batman Well, they has, changed every six months. So Batman has Penguin number one. Um, yeah, Feel actually, good. my 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 call for best lenticular cover last week was the Riddler. Oddly enough, that one looks good. Which I I love the Riddler one because it had his cane poking out yeah, yeah. At, out of the thing over his shoulder, and I that was that was also my pick book of the of the month from DC. That it was Scott Snyder's Riddler, who is actually becoming one of my more favorite characters in the Batman universe. In year zero or zero yeah. year, yeah, yeah, and zero year, and just all over. I mean. By yeah. the way, again, people, if you have not listened to Grant Morrison's inter- final interview with Kevin Smith about finishing up, uh, y- you need to. That's just an amazing to recommend another podcast. I know people like like to hear that every now and then. I do listen to other podcasts, just not our own. So we got Lex Luthor number one in Superman in Action Comics twenty three point three. And did you see the picture? <laughs> Somebody sent out pictures of Lex Luthor in his battle armor next to Buzz Lightyear. It's a little disturbing. I, I I've made that comparison in my head before. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's pretty cool. And the one I'm looking forward to most, twenty three point three. We've got Damien's grandfather. Razagul. I think I got that. Yeah. I, or, or I at least had a reserve. Razagul and the League of Assassins. Number I have one. not gone back to the. Uh, it looks com- like he's rising the from the Lazarus Pit, and it's all lenticular flames and coolness and stuff. 
And then uh, the one uh, one of the ones I almost didn't buy, which was Black Hand number one for Green Lantern, because Green yeah, Lantern. I'm just, uh, I'm just done with Green Lantern. I'm, I'm no offense. I'm, to I'm pretty close to it, but yeah. Uh, so that was it for DC this week. Um, we've got uh, More Battle, Battle of the Atom. Battle of the Atom Chapter Four, which is Uncanny X Men, um, and I'm I'm just loving these Art Adam covers, Art Adams covers. Uh, oh, it was now. Battle of the Atoms. Oh, okay. If Battle I really realize that, Adams, yes. I would totally like to read that in Gomez versus Morticia. There you go. Uh, which team is Wolverine on? When Kadia. you speak French. Kadia. Uh World War X continues in Ultimate Comics X-Men 31. Uh, we got Thor uh, and a new series. I Actually, I stopped. I started banking these after the God Bomb ended because the God Bomb was so good. I need to get the trades because I bought like the first couple of issues and then somehow they didn't get boxed. That was a book that the first the first issue I just went, this is so dumb. And then as I read more and more in it, I just went, this is actually quite brilliant. I liked the idea, so but, I stuck yeah. with it. And then I and then be, just by virtue of getting not being able to go to the comic shop for a couple of weeks, missed it. And, and not so. to spoil anything, but when the story's over, the narrative draws away from the characters so it can talk about what happened. That's great. Stuff. So I'm going to buy the trades. It really should have It should have started over with number one at the end of that. That should have just been nothing continued from you, that. But you can't, you can't do that many <laughs> number ones. On Thor one does. Thor does little miniseries all the time. Okay, well, this is the, you know, Thor got a thunder. All right. Okay. Yeah, maybe they should have. Superior Spider-Man. And Yay. it looks like we've got uh, that 2099 oh, guy on the yeah, cover yeah, yeah. He was on last week. Yeah, I, didn't, last, I didn't get two that. Two weeks ago. Yeah, Avengers Arena. Uh, no, this is a secret, oh, secret, secret Avengers. Avengers. See, from a distance, I can't tell the difference. Yeah, it's it's getting a little tough. They've all got that circle Avenger I thing. I have no there, idea. you got secret. But I have no idea. Uh, you should have known that she's a little more mature than most <laughs> of the kids on the island. I couldn't island. see that part. Yeah, I, this book has got. This is a little bit weird. It's gotten away from the, the Hickman goodness uh, quite a ways away from it. Um, it's almost like um, are there Hawkmen in leather jackets? It's almost like Suicide Squad if you had if you didn't, weren't using villains for them. You know, it's kind of like the Avengers go on Shield missions and well, you know, you know but with Hawkeye and Black, you know, with the way the movie sets them up, I could see that. I mean, and, you know, Winter yeah. Winter Soldier is going to make Captain America but very I think they're clearly the dull, a Shield they're the agent. Dull Shield missions? No, no. Jasper Sitwell is the Dull Shield agent. <laughs> no missions. Yeah. No. Um, Savage Wolverine with uh, continuing the Electra storyline and the um, we going to kill Wilson Fisk or are we not storyline? Uh. Or are we actually working for him? It's actually a little twisty. It's kind of neat. And By the way, you know, that uh, remind me to bring you mentioned Wilson Fisk in movies. Okay. Uh, Infinity, um, New Avengers Infinity, which is this is another one where. You know, which one of these, I'm going to hold up two covers, Derek, Oh, quickly. bloody hell. Which, one, no, which I one is the Infinity and which one's the Avengers, uh, Tarzan. the new Avengers? Tonto, not no. Tonto, no, no. <laughs> the red one is, the red one, kids. Thank you, is Kevin Nealon, for giving me, oh, John Lovitz The new Avengers, Tonto. issue 10, Infinity, and then three of six is the yellow cover. Oh, for God's sake, Marvel, have a pity on well, me. It's, it's not just the, the design, it's like they're they're almost monochromatic with a, with a single yes. color. Yes, no, 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 I, I'm yeah. saying, I, it's like, mercy! Yeah, and, yeah. So then we got Cable and X Force, which I'm still enjoying. I, it's it's probably on the least of my X Men yeah. books, but it's still in there. And Wolverine Max, which finished up its main its uh, its first uh, storyline. Oh, pretty well. Wait, I see into that. There we go. Now we're getting down to the interesting stuff. 
Did you not pick this up when the first issue? No, I'm not the Thunder Agent fan you are. Oh, man. I bought three issues, three copies of issue one. I know. And I I'm, just not, I'm just not as old. Thunder Agents uh, number two with the Iron Maiden on the cover. My feeling with, with Thunder Agents, because I have like the first archive, yeah. you know, the first four issues, is Thunder Agents is a, is a concept that everybody kind of likes. Yes. But... No one could write a great story around this it. This is like the fifth or sixth publisher that's done it in a in two, Oh, I think it's more than that. Two decades. Do you know that Penthouse once owned the title? Yes, I do know and that. They came out with it. They had a, a I, uh, big glossy. I book. think I bought that. Yeah, I still have it. I know exactly where it is. Yeah, so I'm just saying it's 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 like Ghost Rider. It's a better tattoo than a movie. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so. I don't know. Len Brown. I think I, I like the Len Brown uh, Iron Maiden kind of romance thing. I didn't like what they did it did to it in the DC thing where it was post their both having left their yeah, organization. Yeah, once again, you are the only person I know who read the DC run. Yeah. This has been this is more back to the the Wally Wood uh, yeah. style from Tower Comics. Um, then we got The Shadow. God, this is this feels heavier than normal. I wonder if it's an interior cover. Uh, look at that. Uh, Venom up to issue forty-one. Who saw that coming? Not me. Uh, and Vampirella, which is, is that? Is that Venom still? Uh, Nate, is, is that Flash Thompson? It Flash is still Thompson, Flash Thompson. Yeah. And okay. it's actually. Are you reading this, Nate? No, I am reading Thunderbolts with him in it. Though. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now he doesn't have a chip in his head or anything. He's an actual agent. What he has is he gets his legs back as long as he keeps all the Venom costume on. Right, but Venom gets more and more control over him. Right? Yeah, he has to. He has to. He takes an injection. Yeah, he has to get out of Venom mode, otherwise it will take him over. Right, right. Although he was on an island or something, and he went past the time limit, and he was fine. That's and called not only bad that, editing. But he constantly goes over the time limit. Yeah, he it's like the Ultraman show. Yeah, Venom out. It's, it's ridiculous. They shouldn't even have that part of the story. If the light on Venom's chest should stop blinking, <laughs> Venom may never rise again. Uh oh, no, Venom man, rise! Savage Dragon is closing in on issue two hundred with issue one ninety one. Nate, you still reading That's this right. one? That's right. Oh, and- absolutely. And the last one I have is issue one hundred and eleven of BPRD Hell on Earth. This has got to be the longest storyline since Cerebus. Uh, this How is it 111? It's been around for a while. BPRD has not. I mean, BPRD has been around for a long no, time. No, there's been a series of miniseries. And, and that's probably no, including all the Hellboy the, all stuff. All the miniseries have had consecutive numberings. Oh. Which is one of the things that makes it hard to subscribe to. Because if you're if you're they keep changing if the your title. dealer yeah. surprised by title and doesn't know you want all the BPRDs when they change the title you you're they you drop out yeah yeah, yeah yeah okay so wow that's my pile for this week all right anything you'd like to add to it Nate uh, did you mention Daredevil thirty one Rick he did, did not. not did not Daredevil thirty one Morbius nine are you re- you re- uh, did Morbius I mean is he still like Ghetto Morbius uh, I think no. He seriously, is, he was yeah. Ghetto Morbius. He was Hoodie Ghetto Morbius. That oh, so he's an actual storyline concluded. But I think he's still is he still in like the bad protector, part of town? Protector yeah. of the bad neighborhood or something. And yeah. he's and Joe Keating still writing it. Yep. Joe oh, Keating's good for Joe. Good for he Joe. He found his own Hell's Kitchen to protect and to and to depower him a little. I gotta bit. say, you know, I, I've been to Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. 
Not that bad. No. I, I had a lovely lunch there. Daredevil's doing a good job. Yeah, he is. Did we <laughs> did we mention that Joe Keating is going to be writing uh yes. Marvel Knights Hulk? Okay. You did because you I you went bah! <laughs> on good, Facebook good. Yeah. Which we're happy for Joe. Absolutely. Yep. Cuz Jimmy Palmiotti like Posted like what a comics writer write makes, even if he's got two good books for the big two, it ain't much. And then I gotta think that if you're a big writer, if you're like Grant Morrison's got to be making more than what Jimmy Palmiotti said today, but it's like it ends up being under forty k a year, and that just saddens me. And yet I'm going broke supporting these guys, so um, why aren't they making more money? Um, so let's talk about movies, shall we? It's a fragile little ecology. Let's- Probably the biggest news this week was that J.K. Rowling. Yes. The Warner Brothers announced that J.K. Rowling will be writing directly for the screen, her first screenplay, a spinoff, or rather it's a movie set in the Harry Potter universe, which oh. is Fantastic Beasts and yeah. Where to Find it's Them. It's kind of a prequel, really, because it's, it's the story of the guy who wrote. Yes, so it's an earlier, yeah, yeah it is a prequel. But here's what she's got that's unprecedented. Um, that they can't give her notes. Her contract says they can't give her script notes. Wow. That must be really frustrating for them. So if... <laughs> I just like to watch those guys. Well, you know, and the thing is... I keep a, writing notes and I have to burn them. That's a gamble. I mean, no, that, that, that basically, if she decides right. that, that, you know what, maybe somebody else should look at this screenplay, she can call that. But her contract right now says she's going right through. And that if she decides that she likes what she wrote enough, they have to film it as is. Which doesn't mean there could be a director yeah. who's really wrong for it. As uh, I've seen posited, what if Brett Ratner got it? Hang? You know, there's no good script he couldn't screw up, and uh, and you know, and then they could cast somebody really stupid, but they wouldn't because Warner Brothers knows that Harry Potter is a cash cow. They must be getting a little bit of money. From what the, from the Universal Hogwarts thing, so this is big news. You know, I, I'm more confident that she's not going to pull a Frank Miller or something. No, 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 no. It's not. It's not that. It's that. It's that screenwriting is a different form. Yeah. And and, and just because she was good at no, at novels, and really, if you really honestly look at Harry Potter, yeah, it took a couple novels before she really settled into being a really good good but novelist. Then, but then she wrote five more. <laughs> They're great stories. No, yeah. no, no. And I know that. But I'm yeah. saying when this is her first screenplay, that's the risk. But it's still great. Understood. It's still great news. And I'm sure there are loads of fans that are just excited. Yep. And I would have called this is, a, is a, that, you know, for, when she put it to rest with her last novel, the last Harry Potter, and she says, I'm going to write for, you know, that's it. I'm done with this universe. And I went, yeah, until the next couple of books don't do nearly as well. We're going to go back. And and so here she is. And but at least she found a good, an interesting way to do it mm-hmm. by going right directly for the screen. And I'm sure there will be a tie-in novel later or a guide. I think that's what they may be. It may exist as like an ancillary. It, it gives them an opportunity to sell more box sets. <laughs> of course. Well, you well, know they've done that. They just redid with um, uh, the guy who does uh, Amulet for Scholastic. This graphic novel series, really fun graphic novel series. I can't remember his name. Oh, why am I blank? Because I see my oh, with new gun. covers. Yeah, so they just redid yeah. new covers for a whole new those. generation of readers. Yeah, and and by the way, when we say a whole new generation of readers, we mean obsessives like Rick Brett Schneider 
who have not yet broken down. Rick has not broken down yet and bought the box set no. of the all new covers. But you know there are people that have the British first printings. The they have the hard covers in American, and then they have the paperbacks that were written so were, that were published with covers so that adults would not be embarrassed to read them in in airports. I, I bought all first editions and I was happy with that. And I did buy that limited edition um, book that has the book inside of it. The um, it's the book that figures in in Tales of Beetle the Bard. That's it. It's the the yes, huge Rick. one. But yeah. I'm just saying. There will be seven covers yeah, you I don't know. have. You know, I've seen the covers. They're, they're a little, oh, little cartoony. They're okay. Oh, Rick. I'm not that big a Harry Potter fan. You want them. You know what I'm upset about? <laughs> I started realizing that you I, I'm, buying the, I'm buying the Sandman omnibus, right? I bought the first volume. I'll buy, I've got the yes, second right. volume on order. And now they're coming out with a new series. Oh, Rick. Oh, crap. <laughs> Hopefully, it'll come out with a nice slim <laughs> volume to go along with it. Yeah. We've talked about that series, haven't we? Yes, you did. You brought it in. You taunted me. It was yeah. beautiful. It's on my Christmas list. No, no, list. no. no not, not the omnibus. Oh, we've new, talked about it. Yes, the new, it's coming up soon. Yes, yeah, the, the, it's like a prequel or something. We have talked. It, it, it's sort of a missing story. Yeah. Yes. Um, because, uh, so, this just broke. It's kind of interesting. I'm not sure how into our genre it is, but uh, Noah Baumbach, who directed Squid and the Whale and a couple of other kind of indie movies, this is why it caught my notice, has been quietly at work adapting and experimenting, directing an animated film from DreamWorks based on Burke Brethed's Flawed Dogs. I don't know that one. I don't either. And so now there's a whole new Burke Brethed work I want to experience. When did he do this? Was it before... It's no, it's recent. It's recent. Huh. So, uh, and and there is a novel. I guess there's been a couple of novels in this idea. Like first, it was a picture book, and then he's done novels based on ideas that it spawned. And I'm, I actually thought like Mars Needs Moms was a great, Uh you know, was a great movie. And I mean, it had its sappy things, but the basic premise of it, everything though, scary for kids, and that was probably one of the reasons why it was like, right, you know, um, I thought it was a good movie. And and Burke Brethed was happy with it. I like Burke Brethed's work. I just think there's always something did wonderfully they, whimsical, but something that's really thought provoking. And you I know. can't imagine they haven't. But did they ever come out with a video of uh, a Wish for Wings that worked? Yes, there's okay. at least a VHS, and I know VHS that I not, have. Uh, I've got the original VHS I recorded off the TV. I have but, the laser disc of oh Wish for God. Wings that worked. I loved that. Um, I didn't like the TV special as much as I loved the original children's book, but yeah. you know. So there. So that's just kind of interesting. Um, Thor The Dark World, Alan Taylor, the director, has admitted that he had a crisis of Uh-oh. conscience and airlifted Joss Whedon in to rewrite scenes as they were struggling. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have this vision of being strapped under well, one of those troop that, carriers. That's what, say, that's what he says. It's like, it's like they just dropped a, tor- uh, dropped a missile with Joss Whedon on it. He got up, dusted himself off, said, what scene do you need, mate? And then went so <laughs> what I know he's not he's not really Australian but uh, but it just felt felt like that you know the total macho writer comes in but I'm okay with that again yeah. you know because that means that it means be he better. had good sense yeah so I now even more looking forward to Thor there was a new trailer that came out that just revealed more and showed more of Malekith. Oh, there was Malekith uh, so it was released I think either last night or this morning okay so a full on view of Malekith and hearing him speak and making clear that that's who it is. Um, a lot more Loki, of course, because Marvel knows what they've got now. 
They may not have realized it six months ago, but they sure as hell know now that there's going to be half the people are going to this movie to go, Loki, the Dark World. <laughs> so, um, you know, so I think your voice needs to be pitched a little higher. Loki, the Dark That's World. That's it. That's it. Daddy, take do me. Do you want a couple of takes of that so you can put that in? No. no. Stop. No, just I don't. Stop. I don't want to hear I'm it again. I'm horrified that you followed it up with Daddy, take. Just go. Daddy, take me to see Loki, Loki the, dark the Dark World. World. Okay. Now that'd be Daddy, take me to Daddy. see Loki, the Dark World. Again? Again and again. I love him. Tom Hiddleston is so hot. Um, so, anyway, uh, yeah, that's my bad teen girl. Movie. And Pixar has pushed, or Disney has pushed back the release of Finding Dory and the Good Dinosaur, which means for the first time since they since Disney bought Pixar, we will have a year without without a new Pixar without a new Pixar film. Interesting. There now I'd rather else about Finding Dory that got changed recently. Oh, the or, ending because they realized that they, they had an ending where um, I don't want to spoil too much, but it, you know, I guess it's it's out there. It's common knowledge that like they had. Uh, orcas and dolphins that were put back into oh, like a sea world right. thing, yeah, and they saw right. they realized that's probably not the most. Yeah, the, the fish would not be uh, trying to put the <laughs> yeah. mammals back in. Um, it's kind of interesting, and what I and and while people are like, oh, because the good dinosaur has been kind of rumored to be troubled, I'm actually really glad they're doing it because what I'm tired of is staking out a deadline, a date for release before you even shot a foot of film. Yeah, that's not really the way you do art. But that's the way the business has run for the last 14 years or so. And this is maybe, just maybe, with the help of Disney, Pixar putting its foot down for, you know what? We are art first. Yeah. I mean, they're not art first. It is show business and movie. Nobody, you know, no studio made a movie for the purpose of no. But art is their movie. business. Art is their business. Quality is their is their brand. That is indeed exactly uh, carved in stone outside the office of the asylum. What? Oh, you don't know that knockoff group that did? Um, no, I don't. Yeah, they did the the bad Thor. Almost every sci-fi Saturday night movie is made by a company called the Asylum. Okay. They made Sharknado. Okay. Yes. And they believe quality, quality is our, our brand. brand. It's just a brand. It's not what we actually do. Um, well, quality. Yeah. Yeah. Any other movie things that you guys can think of? Uh, I'm not. Is, even the Star Wars news, which I do have some. I feel like when we're in seven stars. Was there something you told me to bring back up during movies? Or was it during No, you TV? did. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. Wilson Fisk. Yeah, right, right. So um, last week in an interview with Vin Diesel. Because I think Vin Diesel is becoming like Stallone and just saying things. And I imagine it like, <laughs> uh, uh, rock. And um, <laughs> Stone Tree. <laughs> and I am Groot. New Godfather. And he says he's involved in Wave 3. He wanted to get something done real fast with Wave 2. He wanted to be part of Wave 2 of Marvel, which is why he's Groot in, in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. But they still have a role for him in Wave 3. And one of the things that people noted that they haven't really talked about is... Marvel got Daredevil back. Marvel wanted to get Daredevil back from Fox. Yeah. So Vin Diesel would make a kick-ass Wilson Fisk. Would you fat suit him or just let him be buff? Let him be buff. I think the reality of that in comics it works, and they didn't fat suit Michael Clark Duncan in the first movie. But Duncan's a bigger guy than Diesel. Diesel's a big guy. Diesel is a big guy, but Duncan is a trunkier guy. 
than Diesel is. Yeah, I still I think that trope of the fat guy who's really mu- mu- I, muscular for for a movie like Daredevil where it's really got to pull back to a street level if they do it. I I think I'd rather see some it guy. Was, it was done originally to be a surprise in Spider Man. That, yeah. that he was actually able to fight Spider-Man right. because he was but so strong. But now that's just gone. But now so it's just, just like, yeah. There's no surprise in that. I'd rather see that Vin Diesel play. To me, Wilson Fisk is um, Mar- Marvel's I can, Lex Luthor. I can Luther. see that. I can see that. He's, Mar- you know, he's the Lex Luthor yeah. of the Marvel. Yeah. So let's see that. So I, I mean, it's a rumor. It's a supposition. But I'd be intrigued to see it. Let's go to television. You know what would be cool? What? To have him show up in S.H.I.E.L.D.? I would really like to see that. It'll be interesting to see how much crossover they actually yeah. do because they pretty much have to just do hints, which we've seen, yeah. you know. But I would love to see, like, he comes out of a room after he's been talking with Nick Fury or something. Yeah, like, did you read Mighty Avengers last week? Mm, when no, I talked I about it, I the yet. character that is Spider Hero. Yeah. So a week's passed. So I think I can, my speculation is I think that whoever is playing Spider Hero, or whoever is wearing that costume is going to be Spider Hero is whoever the same character is that we don't know that J. August Richards plays in the S.H.I.E.L.D. pilot. Okay. So we know, we know that it's a superhero, someone who can fly, who's got limited flight, limited invulnerability, Holy and moly. limited super strength. Do they own Spider-Hero then for movies? Wouldn't that be a brilliant change? Bingo. Oh, my. What a stupid name it would be, but still. Um... Did you, take, had you thought of that? It's just your friendly neighborhood spider, spider hero. hero. Yeah. Um, who knows? I mean, it's better than not having him. That's true. Although they are... And say- they can still call him, like, Spidey. They are saying, uh, again, that there is some, uh, there's some rumor that, they'll, they, that they're reaching an agreement with Sony that will finally achieve one... They're not saying what it is, but one little crossover bit that will make it... You know, uh, yeah. that if you want to believe they're in the same universe, yeah, yeah, you can, but they're just never going to meet as I the could deal do that. is now. I could do that without them really doing anything. Right. Uh, but it, but uh, it does bring a question to, to bear, and that is we've talked about the deals that were done for ownership of the Fantastic Four and what was in the yeah. Fantastic Four versus what was not. And, for example, uh, Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch... Uh, are part of the Avengers universe and not part of uh, Inhumans. And, no, they're part of X Men. They are part. No, of X-Men. They are. They are part of the X Men. Fox co-owns. The, Fox co-owns them. With they the own. They, okay, so that those those two are in. But anything that was created in those universes after the contract was signed, do they own it going forward? My understanding. Carr explained this in a car cast a couple of years ago, or, or as he understands it. But let us let me specify. I don't think then, and maybe somebody who's listened, you know, on a tractor out in in, uh, in, in Ohio, might re- remember better because they've listened more recently. I don't. He was speculating. He didn't really have insider knowledge. The belief was, it was like a package of a hundred issues. Okay. So usually that deal is it was a lump sum, and then anything that happened after. But like the Spider-Man deal sucked. Because so, for example, it included Venom, who became this huge, you know, so it was like over 300 issues so, worth. So, for example, after issue 100 of Fantastic Four, they introduced for the first time Gideon the Airwalker, who turned out to be a herald of the Galactus. But Gideon, 
could be in could the regular, be Marvel, in universe. regular Mar- Marvel Universe. But the truth of the matter is, a character like that, I don't think they would bother with. I mean, I get why you're saying, but Galactus stays over in the... In right, the, right, right. Know. But I'm just saying, there, anything it, they introduce... Like, okay, Spider-Girl. Yeah. Spider-Girl would stay in the regular Marvel Universe. Yeah. But right now... Spider-Man 2099. But right now, there is a belief, and I think it's erroneous, uh, that, um, you know, no female hero is going to be able to sell, carry her own movie. But the other thing that we failed to mention last week was Katie Sackhoff oh, yeah. claimed that she was asked to kind of keep her schedule free next year for Marvel. Yeah. So, is it the Captain Marvel girl? So it would be possible that she could be Captain Marvel. I'm not as big a fan of Katie Sackhoff as everybody else is. I thought in the few issue, episodes of Battlestar Galactica I saw, I liked her. Yeah. But not in a like, oh my God, she's fantastic way. It's just, yeah, she's nice. I mean, it, she was a strong female character. Yeah, it's just not no gonna, doubt. It's not gonna. It's not gonna make my choice one way or the other. Yeah. So, uh, but, but here, here's here's my scenario, and let's. I'm just fanboying out here for a second. All right. So this is in no way bears actual. Resemblance to reality as we know it. Avengers movie number four, or three, let's go three, um, involves Kang and time travel. And they bring back Spider-Man 2099 into the Marvel, into the uh, Avengers universe. You're going to have a lawsuit on your hands? Because the argument would be that Spider-Man is still trademarked. The movie trademark belongs to Sony. Okay. And, you know, that's, I mean, there was a lawsuit years ago between Marvel and Sony. They felt that Sony was overstepping. Lawsuits can still be won, though. Yeah, I know. But, yeah. but they claimed Sony was overstepping their bounds of promoting Super- because, Spider-Man I mean, as a Sony character. If, if they bring him out as a brand new character and all this, it's just... It's, but no it's, one's fooled. Yeah, but it's, it's a matter of, do but, you own everything I cre- get, create after that period when, they, when we delineated 100 yeah, issues? Yeah, but, you know, and, but it's not going to serve Marvel. Marvel's doing just fine. Uh, okay. And they don't have time... To dilly-dally on the side saying, screw you, Sony, or screw you, Fox. Fox is the one saying screw you by putting Quicksilver in Days of Future Past. Yeah. You know, but it was revealed. It was like, okay, well, I'll experiment and see what happens with these two values. But I was going to say one exception, which was a terrible, an infamously terrible deal, is that when the first Swamp Thing movie came out, that deal to Michael Uslan, who bought the rights, did include anything that got created to Swamp Thing in perpetuity. Which is why Alan Moore's work sort of shows up horribly misdone in Return of Swamp Thing. And then in the television series that Sci-Fi did that was not nearly as painful as Flash Gordon. Uh, <laughs> is that our bar? <laughs> that, is going, that is my bar. <laughs> it's like, I've seen horrible things. My God, Rick, I've sat through the Man-Thing movie, um, which peaks very early. Uh, yeah. <laughs> in one of the most hilarious shots and wrong edits ever, which is two kids making out in the swamp that are about to have sex, and the girl is on her back, and she opens her eyes, and she screams, and what she sees is the title, The Macabre Man Thing. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's what I thought she was seeing. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, it, it could have been the giant size man thing. Yeah, and then, yeah, but then it's a horrible, horrible movie. Yeah, that, it, oh, I've seen it. It ends with a lot of lights bubbling out then of you, the... Uh, then you know uh, my pain. And, uh, and, and yeah. three green carrots show up near the end. Yeah. Uh, so, Nate, here's the moment you've been waiting for. AMC, Here we go. AMC announced this week that they're going to do 
a spin-off series to Hell on Wheels. No, The Walking Dead. So, Nate, you are our resident Walking Dead expert. What do you think is going to happen? I did see that news, but I did not read further into it. There so is nothing that's, further That's about it, all there is. Except Kirkman really? is a producer and has said he's very excited. So here's huh. Dave Tapia posted on, I think, or Dave Tapia commented when Rick posted it yeah. on his Facebook, said, well, maybe they'll fall like the characters from the game. But when I saw the news, my initial thought is, well, the characters from the game prove that it doesn't matter. Like, I'd want right. to know... As I was driving back from L.A. Uh, a couple weeks ago, and I, I waved past your apartment, I was I, I stopped at a rest stop, and I thought, like, here's a place in California where there probably aren't cemeteries anywhere nearby. It's a sparsely populated portion. Like, survivors would come to a California rest stop, and maybe and, you know maybe there's one story there. And so what I was thinking is that that really has the series established that there's nobody else, you know that. Everything's in Georgia yeah. or in the South, or can we could we have the Californians or or Europe who are the walking brain dead here in California? I, I would love to see them take it to Europe. The Europe, I'd love the Euro see, dead. What yes. I'd like to see is they'd be thinner and not as buff as the previous Lobo. If, if are they did they say miniseries or series? Series. Okay, so you can still do this. I'd like to see, and some, I don't want a crossover. You know, we we we. We woke up with Rick, right? And everything's already yeah. pretty much zombified. And there are people out there, and most everybody's dead. And but the video game wakes up with somebody else, right? Indeed, it does. But it's the same kind of situation, right? Um, he's actually, as he's he's incarcerated in the back of a police car, and you're seeing the evidence of of the zombie decay by planes dropping out of the sky yeah. and things. Um, but I'd like to see something like a little bit more. Like what happened in Washington? What happened at the at the CDC? Right, because you know, I think because one thing is I don't want to see a prequel though, Rick. Uh, Rick and there, uh, you don't want to see a prequel, okay. and I, and and Nate, help me out here, or or disagree. Is the thing is by the end of season one, the only thing that that a studio executive would have thought people wanted was kind of just tossed away, which is why did it happen? Because you know some story producer is going. You know, bigger executives like, well, we have to know why. Yeah, and right. instead and we saying. know it's a virus, and then the secret that bomb uh, that uh, the the guy said was like, we're all infected. Right. So there's no mystery left to there. What this show is, why people are watching it week after week, is that just watching survivors, and if you can create a compelling group. Another compelling yeah, I'm not, group I'm not, of survivors. I was trying to think of a group that would, would, by their nature, in their current environment, be able to hold out. You know, not necessarily these would be people find out why it started or even be fighting it, or maybe they try and fight it for a little while and they throw up their hands. But, but that it would be a different environment than the people who are just like running from them, trying to find another right. shelter. Well, what about if you take the if you take the American Southwest? Because I'm not going to go Europe because it's AMC. Um, yeah, I mean, no, it's an interesting idea, but Canada. but but you know what? But and you know why not though? Honestly, is because the British have done several miniseries. The BBC has already done oh, survivors, uh, not just survivors. No, no, no. They've got this thing called Day of the um, Triffids. No, no, no. It's a zombie thing. They just did this miniseries about oh, really? about rehabilitating the dead. And I can't, oh. remember what the, I can't remember what the name of it was, but they, were, they found a medication. 
Like, so their brains are going. So, I mean, they're exploring that on the BBC. So right. let's not go there. Okay. But how about the American Southwest putting them in a desert environment and going from Arizona to Utah to, you know. And Where then, they dry out real fast. Maybe. But, uh, you know, I don't know that that's been, you know, we know. The thing that, about Georgia is it's humid. So the right, zombies we, we stay do, moist. Right. So then what are we saying? You know, there's a challenge in creating something we haven't seen. I'm glad somebody laughed at that. You know why? Because Nate's tired. Um, so he's bored with us. I hope Brian laughed too. <laughs> well, he drank too. Um, I don't know why I'm saying that because I drank the hardest liquor. You but did. God bless you... the fireball. XL51. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, so I, I think that the game just proves that. I mean, people want to see just people more people, sur- people, more people surviving against uh, you know, against the against the Walking Dead, because Kirkman himself has said at some point the series, the comic book series, really has to stabilize as, you know, the Walking Dead. Most of them are going to stop being threats. Yeah, because they're going to rot beyond. And now it's gonna, and then it's going to become about how the Walking Dead, as Rick Walker said, uh, not Rick Walker. What is his name? Rick Grimes. Rick Grimes. God, it would yeah. be so horrible if it was Rick Walker. We are the Walking Dead. You know, I mean, it really is. Is that the survivors? Building up after this, knowing that everybody turns into a zombie when they right, die, right, right, that and and uh, and Kirkman has said, you know, he, as he was writing, realizing chances are a lot of the not great people are going to be the ones that survive, yeah. because they're the ones that have that instinct. So yeah. that would be interesting. You know, I, I mean, there's just a lot of ways you could go with it. So be, I don't want to see a crossover. I don't want to be like the episode where they both discover radios and talk to the other survivor group. Wow, there isn't are, that crazy? There, there is a story where the guy who is not great, when everyone is equalized by an event like this, has to decide whether or not he wants to be the winner alone or have people around him. And because he's... Right. No, no, no. I mean, there, there, yeah. I mean there are great stories to be yeah. told. And I'm saying that, you know, I would rather see just a parallel series, not really a spinoff, but nobody talks about parallel. That would be yeah. too deep for a headline. A spinoff series everybody gets, but I'd rather see it as a parallel and set in the same universe. But what am I talking Take about? Take it to Seattle. I'd rather theoretically have my friends watching a parallel <laughs> series... Because I'm not going to. Um, although you it's going to be a YA. Did you uh, see? Did you see that for Halloween in the in the? There's just no point anymore. There's a naughty Rick Grimes Halloween costume. What? Naughty? <laughs> what is he? Is he Daisy Dukes or something? It's not for a man to wear. Oh. I just want to ruin all your hope now. Uh, Rick, well, I'd no. like you to go home and look that up. There's the naughty, naughty Rick, Rick Grimes, Grimes, the sexy woman dressed as Rick Grimes. I'm like, really? And last year, when Yogi Bear came out, that was the naughty Ranger Smith outfit. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's kind of like, do we oh. have to sexualize? Oh, Mr. Everything? Ranger, sir. And who wants to go and go? Yeah, who's a dirty girl? Who's covered in zombie blood? <laughs> oh God! <You> know? <laughs> who just shot a child on the freeway? Yeah, zombie child. Zombie child, sorry. Uh, Walking Dead, sassy Rick Grimes. Sassy, Rick Grimes. It's wrong. I, I only, I don't, I'm not going to do that internet search. No, because Nate helpfully did it for you <laughs> yeah, and has just emailed he you. The vali- link. He validated that it exists. That's, that's all I need. And he's going to, you know, he's, he's going to be like Rick Grimes. rolling you. Hey, Rick, check this out. It's a new copy of. <laughs> <laughs> it's a leather-bound edition of the Sandman miniseries before it's even been completed. Click Sassy Rick Grimes. <laughs> <laughs> Never going to give you up. <laughs> I was, was going to go there. 
A different kind of Rick Rule. Oh, my God. Oh, sorry, Mango Habanero came out for that. All right. Um, so I'm going to talk about some Star Wars news because Seth Green came out, and this is kind of weird. I mean, it's not weird, but I'm like, I really want to see this now. They have 39 episodes, not scripted, completed of that comedy series that George Lucas approved of, Star Wars Detours. There are 39... Are they five minutes long each? Well, they probably, I think they were 15 minutes. Yeah, I mean, it was intended right. to be like it's, a cable thing. It's, 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 but, a, but still, it's robot chicken with Star Wars. Which is fine. Yeah, no, I'm fine with that. But there are 39... That's still, still a lot. 39 episodes done and another 30 scripts. Wow. And, you know, Disney trashed it so that it went, or shelved it. And he's, he's being philosophical about it, like, you know, I get it. And it's like... 15 of them are just straight scenes from Phantom Menace. That could really... <laughs> If you, I don't find anything funny about that. Do you, Rick? Yeah, I do. Especially after you you posted that great the which the, I've been talking about the, the machete cut, the machete cut, uh, machete order yeah. uh, of of Star Wars. I've been totally touting that to people and saying we've got to do that. Yeah, and um, for people who don't know about that, it's basically saying which which of the it makes perfect sense. it makes perfect sense. And you uh, just uh, Google it, find the machete order, and read it. It's kind of a long article, but it's really well worth reading. And the basic sum- ex- summation is you read, is you watch four, four, five, five, with the revelation that Darth Vader is, is Luke's, Luke's father. father, and then you go back to flashback two and three, right, to show how Anakin became Darth Vader. Because nothing, because nothing, nothing in, in Phantom One matters, matters at all. <laughs> Most of the characters die, or you wish they did. And then you go back to six. Yeah. And then the great thing is, he says, if you want to go back and watch one, then you can because one it's becomes like outtakes. <laughs> one becomes like that, like the Ewok adventure. <laughs> you know. Um, so I, I, I really love so, that. So, honey, you want to watch the Star Wars Christmas special or Phantom Menace this year? I can't remember what my son saw at like a comic strip where somebody said had uh, he was reading an old comic where there was a joke about the nerd that had like the Star Wars Christmas special. DVD, I have to have this for like $150. Oh, my God. No, no, wait. So he goes, <laughs> the conversation, he goes, Dad, this is hilarious. And I said, I would totally. And I said, wait a minute. We have the Star Wars Christmas special. Do you recall making me turn it off? <laughs> <laughs> so now, son, if you insist that I, at a convention, that I would spend 150 on that, I will disown you. <laughs> no, but, no, worse, you'll make him watch it. But, oh, that's what I want to say on TV. You know what's great on TV right now on Cartoon Network? Lego has the Yoda Chronicles. Oh, so, really? Uh, so it is, um, it is set between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. And in a kind of cut, but totally spoofy. And it's hilarious, and yet actually moving the plot forward in an interesting <laughs> way. And I'm going, I'm laughing at the parody because they're like, Yoda and, uh, and Mace Windu are in, a, are in a cruiser, like they're trying to get after Count Dooku, and they're like, ah, and all these, all these Imperial cruisers surround him, and they go, it's a trap. And then oh. it goes forward, and it turns out that Akbar's. Fi- Piloting and he turns back and goes, "Well, duh." <laughs> you know, he's kind of like really big. And at one point, they crash through a, through um, Kashik through a, a Wookiee Life Day celebration. Oh no! <laughs> and there's like a banner, "Happy Life Day!" And I'm like, "Really?" I go, Luke, you're the are only- they all around in a circle? With- yes. And I'm like, "You're the only person under ten who gets that joke." You know? And he's like, "What?" But I but before we leave tonight, um, I was going to say, "Let me watch Sleepy Hollow." I have not. So the season's begun, and I haven't watched it either. So I want to try to catch that because yeah. that fits in our wheelhouse. Let's see if it's any yeah, good. Yeah. And of course, Shields, I didn't realize that it started already. And, of course, Shields next Tuesday, right? Yep. 
Okay. I'm going to be oh, in Florida, yes. but I'm I'm an, I'm speaking at a conference in Florida all next week and having a shield night. And I'm going to have a shield party in my hotel room. Okay? <laughs> so we are going to be uh, taking a bye week next yes. week uh, because you're going off your conference and when you come back when we normally then do a makeup recording, then you're I'm out. off to Ashland taking a group of students to the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. You're bringing him back, right? If they're good. Okay. So if anybody wants to sit through Cymbeline with me in Oregon, <laughs> at Ashland, you know, let me know. Uh, you want to do a meetup? Email. Hey, if I order some stuff at Fun Again, can you pick it up for me, I think? At where? Fun Again. It's a big gaming place. I used to, when I used but to. But remember, I don't have a car there. Oh. Um, it's it, only about a two mile walk. <laughs> it's good for you. You're buying me dinner, right? Um, sure, so, I would. Yeah, I would buy you dinner. Tonight, right now? Um, anyway, You're so uh, I am. I haven't had a thing since breakfast. Uh, I take it back. I had a nutter butter. Um, so because that's all we had because the vending butter. machines were broken. You know, he hasn't he hasn't said anything the whole podcast. I think we need to have Brian at least say hi, mom, or you know what? Well, I want to talk with Brian about the food here because now we get to do the okay. Focus. Okay, Paul's not here. I had an experience, and I want to really tout this place for this. And Brian mentioned he came to our 300th episode here, yep, right? That's right. Yeah. And you've had food here, but you and you brought your kids there no you didn't no not to that not so to that. here's what i want to tout is the request from paul is not after eight but before eight o'clock this is a really great undiscovered family restaurant because the food is all stuff that kids will eat you know it's basic burgers chicken sandwich yep. chicken mm-hmm. tenders you know all that and my fire, God! Fireball shots. Oh yeah. Well, uh, yeah, daddy, <laughs> yeah. daddy, that's after eight. Yeah. Okay. And that's Paul's request. The decor is such that kids will just walk around going. Oh. You get the Star Wars foosball table. There's, so, there's. Did you see the lenticular? Um, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. So I want to okay. make my point. I want to make this shout out. So, this past Saturday night, Michael Champlin, who is the person who told me about Yoda Chronicles, so Sunday morning, Luke and I watched Yoda Chronicles, but he has a, a son as well. So we agreed to meet up here. Okay. And bring our kids. And they had a great time. Paul put the Avengers on the screen over there in the corner. So we just had a TV above us while we were eating, talking. The kids were playing with Legos they, because they brought their Star Wars Legos. And I just wanted, you know, because, and then when my son told everybody the next day, I went to a Star Wars restaurant. It's like there's a whole bunch of people saying, there's a Star Wars restaurant? It's cheers for nerds. Well, it is, but I, I, but but because we keep focusing on it as us coming on a Wednesday yeah, night yeah. and going like, and here I've got my fireball, <laughs> it does have a bar, but so does Applebee's, and yes. and that and that was Paul's thing is this is a grill, this is a restaurant bar and, and grill, and if your kids like Star Wars, come down here and have a fun hour, mm-hmm. you know, have a five o'clock dinner because he's open and there's not that many people here, yep, and they could, and we could help add a whole new layer to the business. Because it is good food. My God. Again, have I mentioned the Linguisa corn dogs? Not tonight. But, Why would uh, you say that? To taunt you, Nate. Um, that is part of the secret menu. You have to know it is, about yeah, it. And you say, and I heard on the Fanboy Planet podcast, and he will say, well, fantastic. I'll charge you double. Uh, <laughs> so those bums. Uh, There'll be a little extra in your corn dog. No, but I really want to tell you, because like I said, I, I don't see Paul here tonight, but I guess Beth's standing in the bar, and I don't know who's running the kitchen. But I mean, I feel so homey now that I actually know like a, like one of the other bartenders' names, and, and I've been here enough. But it really was a fun experience, and and you know, so I, I just went. I'm Brian. Here you are. Mm-hmm. Say, I know you got two kids. Bring them down. Yeah. No, totally. I mean, you got so many TVs. You could uh, you could broadcast Lego Star Wars or Clone Wars. You know. Yes. For that for that time frame. And they do regular sports too. And 
Yeah, they, they but, it, but it's not movies. his focus. He does major football, but uh, yeah. you know, but that's uh, that's really it for him. The rest of it is he wants to be a nerd place and a nerd home, and I just don't know any place else around that mm-hmm. is this kind of place where it's like, wow, the dedication to this kind of yeah. nerdery in a bar. What'd you have to eat tonight? I had the uh, the barbecue uh, cheeseburger and uh, good, excellent. Nice. And how were nice the fries? You got the fries, yeah, fries too. Fries are really good. Everyone too. raves really good fries? about the fries. Oh, they're the fries, fries I, I, are awesome. Yeah. They're like steak I, steak cut fries. And love really the fries. Good. I love the uh, sweet potato fries, um, and uh, the wings they serve. My my buddy Michael has like become a very big wing connoisseur, and he loves the wings here. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying, it's a great place. Again, uh, one more shout out and thank thanks to Paul. For keeping this place open, and we're going to kind of rotate around to some places, but this is like, I like this as a base, and to try to make it on Wednesday nights, and then we're taking a bye next week, but to try to make nights that if you want to come down and listen to us, and and Rick will bring speakers, and we'll, you know, we'll make a night, and because I'll hang out and have food, and <laughs> there you go, which I may do as I'm getting, but anyway. The other last thing, of course, is you listen to us perhaps on iTunes or on Stitcher. If you're on iTunes, subscribe to us, please. And please uh, recommend us to your friends and give us a rating. You listen to us on the Stitcher app, which is available on www.fanboyplanet.com. Did you know that I was listening to the – I was listening to it on Stitcher. Yeah, tell me about I it. I shut it down, and I came back to it later and remembered where I was. So it personalizes to your computer. That's this a was, great this was, app. This was on the iPad. So oh, okay, I yeah. think the app remembers where you were in a in – a, uh, That's great. So we love that. And talking about it as a Stitcher, too. You can go to Stitcher.com and say, I love Fanboy Planet. The reason we're on Stitcher is actually a listener did request it. So that's how they first contacted me. It's wonderful. And I'm going to put the plea out just because, you know, it's what it is. Uh, you know, visit the website. And if you like the podcast, drop us a buck or two on PayPal. Uh, you know, it, it's we pay for our hosting and we pay for our fireball. And uh, Rick paid for his wine. And someday it's you know it's nice like a Christmas time to buy a drink for everybody that we got from PayPal. There we um, go. So you know whatever, check out our Amazon. But of course, I do believe in the small businesses again. So if you are near an actual comic book shop, go to your comic book shop and buy what we talked about, assuming they have it. And if you're not near one, then use our Amazon app. So, uh, some people have uh, recently. We appreciate it. I think we've we, uh, a Man of Steel copy went out. Oh, one other thing, Nate. Oh. Did you download the Jarvis app? No. Okay, so for your iPhone and for, or for your Android, you can download the Jarvis app, and it will sync up with your Blu-ray p- player, and you can get Jarvis to control your Iron Man 3 disc. Cool. And you can say, Jarvis, extras. And he will talk about it, but he will also take over your phone and do the alarm, as we, I think, had theorized last, year, yeah. last week off the air. So, do you know which one it is? Is it the Jarvis texting robot? No, just Jarvis. It's the Jarvis app. That's what. It, wait, wait. Let me wait, hang on. Let me double check. I have it. Who's uh, Who's the developer? It's It's from Disney. I, oh, I am three Jarvis. It's Iron Man three Jarvis. So it will. It will. I assume, assume Bluetooth up with you. You know, sync up with your with your Blu-ray player, and you can just say, "I'm, I'm dying to try this on my kids," and and get this and get put pop Iron Man three in the player, and just say Jarvis extras. Um, and the more extras you go through the more content on the app unlocks. Oh, that's cool. So ultimately leading to, I guess, the I hope. I can't find it, Derek. Okay, I'm sorry, but I have it. It's here. It's real. You Rick know, you, sees it. You can put a link to that on the Fanboy Planet website. All right, I'll do that. Um, so, uh, yeah, there's just one last. And I'll, I'll really find cool you the thing. Android link to go to. 
Thank you. Thank you. Uh, We thank our listener, Brian K. Shimada, for showing up live and giving a quick food review. Say hi, Mom. Hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. Hi, kids. Do your do my you, wife. Do they all listen to this? Wait. No, unfortunately, no. I'm the only one. <laughs> Wait, you're married? We've never seen your wife. Uh, but I have seen his kids at Elusive, yes. so I do know they exist. Until next next time, in two weeks from now, I'm Derek McCaw, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com. I am Dave Costa. Go ahead and say hi. Hi, I'm Brian K. Shimada, fanboy. And I'm Rick Bretsnyder, reminding you to... Use your powers only for good. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreat.com. Luke, L-U-K-E-S-K-I, dot com. Dragons! Uh, What's that? Was the Microsoft Office test you were taking, was that for a job? Yes, I went to uh, Apple One today. Ooh, cool! And uh, met with them. There's a, the Apple One in Glendale does entertainment industry placements. So I uh, that's not affiliated that with one. Apple Computer, is it? No, 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 no. Yeah. Okay. And so uh, met with them and basically. Had a meeting with the lady for about, I don't know, half an hour or so, and then she gave me a, sent me an email with four Microsoft Office tests on it. So I just did uh, Excel and Outlook. Give me a question. Uh, a question? Yeah, what was the question? What was the test? You had a test question? It's like it, it opens up, I don't remember what they were, it opens up Excel and you uh-huh. have to complete tasks. See. So, we have one one, one uh, audience member, so I'm going to have the headphones so we can hear your part of it. Or do you have speakers out? We don't, right? I didn't bring the speakers okay, out. Okay, yeah. So I wanted to clear that with Paul. That's true. <laughs> Before we take I over this whole place. Yeah, I'm not going to go head-to-head with ACDC. This is Foreigner. It was ACDC yeah, when okay. I was setting, when you were walking in. I was going, that's of our course. theme song. Which was, which was Highway to Hell? Mm. Might have been. That's uh, the last song my mother, my uh, daughter played for my grandmother. Yeah, uh, yes. That's that's. Does she remember? Well, my grandmother's dead. No, does no, your uh, daughter remember? Yes, because it was just like last year. So she remembers that she played Grandma. Violet, well, it, it, it wasn't really the last thing. But it was close. So I said any requests, and I said Highway to Hell, and my daughter, who is as smart ass as I am, started playing Highway to Hell on violin, which you haven't lived until you've heard wow. it played by uh, then. 12 year old on violin she could be ungirl and unwoman yeah ungirl yes and then uh yeah, she could she's really damn good at that she's really good at ear but then that was it you know my at the end of my, her playing something seriously then my my mom asked my grandmother did you like this little concert and she goes eh, i've heard worse <laughs> does that mean she liked it <laughs> yes yes okay. and then because everybody laughed and she smiled and that was the last conscious moment we had with her she got one last zing in and then 
We never had her consciousness again. Well, thank you, Mr. ACDC, for yeah, that. Yeah, I'm just saying. Musical it a, it, moment. It's a, good, it's, a good, it's a good memory. And it said that I come from a long line of smartasses. Yeah. And it's continuing. And it breeds true. <laughs> it breeds true. <laughs> it's a dominant gene. I'm no mule. <laughs> Sorry, people. I'm a thoroughbred. Okay, so we got the stacks of paper. We got the... Yeah, I'm, sp- I, I'm eager to see what you got. I got some comics news. I got some uh, movie news. A big movie news this week. And uh, TV news, which huge TV news that Nate's going to want to comment on. Is yeah. that right, Nate? I don't know what the news is. Okay, well, well, it'll be an exciting experience. You really? Really? You don't know what the news is? Okay. Is it big Doctor Who news? No. Yes. I'm serious when I say <laughs> you're going to be the guy. you got to be the go-to guy on this. Doctor Who is reincarnating as the Hulk. Oh. That's exciting. <laughs> well, but the Red Hulk. So. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite as so. As long as short. Jeff Loeb isn't writing it, I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> is you he think- there? Do you think it? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's, he's right sitting there. right here. <laughs> Do you think at like writers' meetings for the TV thing for like Shield, J- Joss Whedon just nods patronizingly in Jeff Loeb's direction? Yeah, it's like <laughs> sure. <laughs> so I don't know. Although actually, you think about it, I think because Jeff Loeb was in charge of the animated series of Buffy that never happened. Get the kid another crayon. I think that one's dull. Yeah. All right. So if you're ready to begin, Nate, I'm ready to be begun. Ooh, let's I'm, do it to it. All righty, and I'm ready too. Good. Okay, in three, two, wait a minute. One. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> okay, now. I'm sorry, Rick calls this, Nate. This oh. Is, this is my Ballywick. My right, round Ballywick. You gotta say now again, then. Okay, Nate. Are you ready? I'm ready. Then hit it. Oh, listen up, fanboy! He did it again. <laughs> <laughs> 